Hello and welcome to Fandoms and Fantasies with Katie and Rebecca. This is our very first episode of our very first podcast and we're just here to chat about some of the things that we enjoy such as books and movies and different fandoms that we are not necessarily a part of but love in different respects. And want to explore things that we haven't even tried yet but want to get into possibly yeah we are happy to welcome you guys we hope you enjoy it and let's get this party started our first topic of series of topics will be um harry potter classic good one yes we hope you all are familiar with harry potter if not go to a library (laughs) just go to a hot topic like that yeah (laughs) Anyway, just Google it. Today, since our first topic, like you said, is Harry Potter, we want to go over with you all a little bit about how we got started into that fandom, how we uh, first were introduced, and the things that we've seen and done with it throughout. Becca, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, Well, I guess I got started with Harry Potter in elementary school. I don't remember what year exactly. Um... But my family, we used to read books around the dinner table. And at some point, I'm not quite sure how, I'm thinking my mom introduced it to the family because she tends to like the fantasy type stuff um, more than my dad. But we ended up reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I really enjoyed it. And when the movie came out, it was a lot of fun. So I think it kind of started from there. I was aware of it and I knew I enjoyed it. And then when The Prisoner of Azkaban came out, I went to um, a midnight viewing of it with some girls from a new school I was going to. It was supposed to be a bonding experience. Um, <laughs> and I ended up falling in love with the world of Harry Potter. More um, than the friends, right? Yes. And, yeah. They, that didn't work out so much. But I got to be introduced to Harry Potter on a different level. So, yeah, I think it really started there. What about you? So, very similar with uh, how I got introduced to the books. My mom, avid reader, got me into reading very, very young. She read them first, actually, before she introduced them to my brother or myself. She's very uh, strict on what we could watch or read. So, I don't remember exactly when. I know it was before the first movie came out that we started reading them. So, it was around... 2000 2001 but we read that we read about a chapter of it every night and I really enjoyed it but she read it to me so there was something about not reading it myself that didn't capture me quite as much Mm -hmm. when the first movie came out is when I was captivated that was when I wanted to read the books myself I wanted to have everything Harry Potter that I could I was immediately captured by it at that point and from then on, I've been a huge Harry Potter nerd. Fun. I was thinking about it the other day, um, thinking about your story and mine. It was really the movies that got us more than the books. And I wonder how true that is for most of the Harry Potter fans out there. Because even all the um, things associated with Harry Potter, it's based off the movies more than the books, really, mm-hmm. visually and conceptually i mean i know it's all blended together at some point too because books start coming out around the same time i mean the later books obviously right but right. um and jk rowling was involved with the movies <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> yes thankfully so i agree that's a good point i know i mean obviously it must have been a popular book or they never would have made it a movie right but i agree that once 
the movie, the very first movie came out, once that happened, Harry Potter was everywhere. It mm-hmm. was in every store you went to. It was the biggest costume at Halloween. And mm-hmm. so I think, and I guess it did take, you know, a long time to even get the first movie made. So I agree. That's a that's a good point. Maybe yeah. we should look into that, see how many of our friends that are Harry Potter fans that like the movie first and then went towards the books. Yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. And just the longevity of it, just the power of film. I don't know, because like you said, the first film, you saw it, what, 2001? 2001, yeah. It is now 2020, and you still see Harry Potter stuff in stores. I mean, I go to Target, and I go back to the book section, because I have to every time I'm there. <laughs> and you just see Harry Potter this, Harry Potter that, unofficial things, official yeah. things. You have the Pops. Yes, I am obsessive. I obsessively collect pops. Yes, but you have the collection, but you see them in the store still everywhere. It's just, it's really interesting to me. It is. Like you said, it's, it's just a very long standing. It's one of those things that I think will go down in history and it will always be around. I mean, if you compare it to other things that were very, very popular and we will eventually throughout the series, this series of podcasts, but Mm -hmm. I mean, just to name like Twilight or Hunger Games, how Mm -hmm. huge those were. And they weren't, I mean, right after they were over, maybe not even a year, you really don't see that kind of stuff from those anymore unless it's like a diehard, diehard fan. And everybody knows Harry Potter. Most people own some sort of wand, whether they got it at Mm -hmm. Target, the Wizarding World, somewhere, or they did at one point. They did at one point, or there's something, there's something in their house that involves Harry Potter. In some 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 sort, yeah. (laughs) So it's, it is really awesome to see something that we grew up with and it grew up so well. And I think that's probably Mm -hmm. why it lasted so much longer than other things, because it did grow up with its audience and she did a really good job of capturing what her young audience was going through when they were going through it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, by the time the seventh one came out, a lot of people who grew up with it were going through the adult things that the mm-hmm. golden trio we're going through. I think that is probably why so many people are still so bonded to it because it, it never lost its importance or its meaning. Right. And along those lines, I think too, the fact that the characters grew up with the audience, I, I think she also made it um, available to adults as well. It's yeah. not just a children's book, even though people with children's books, right. even though people will say they are, I think there's something in there for every age. For people inclined to fantasies, of course. Yeah. If you don't like a good fantasy, you you, you want to take anything out of the books. <laughs> it's just interesting how she managed to do that, making it appealing to both children and adults and significant, not just something fun to read, but it has meaning. Right. I mean, like you said, both of us were introduced through our parents yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. So that's in, yeah, I'm sure that's how a lot of kids first got into it and became the fans that they are now how many books do we know and films now get their own world that you can actually visit not just seeing on the screen not many (laughs) especially (laughs) ones that continuously get added on to almost yearly so that's a huge feat um and you were just recently at the wizarding world right i was um six months ago it was in the fall so october um, i think right before we went on vacation so yes 
it was an amazing experience. I want to go again. I've been having dreams of it literally lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's sad whenever I wake up, I'm like, oh, no vacation. <laughs> work. Just work. <laughs> just work. And, um, but yeah, it was just amazing to see. For those of you who don't know, it's inside Universal Studios. You walk into Universal Studios and you see all the, you know, was it Marvel and I'm already blanking on the Transformers. Transformers. I know it was one of them. And, um, whatever they work with. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm a Disney person. I don't know <laughs> whatever Universal does. But and then you look up and you see Hogwarts. It just it stands out, not just because it's Hogwarts, but just out of the world. It doesn't seem to fit. Right. Um, it's its own place, but it's there in the middle. And like I said, it was there in October. So you see Hogwarts and you see Hogsmeade covered in snow, which stands out, obviously, because it was the middle of summer. In Florida. Yeah. Yes, in Florida. <laughs> Um, there shouldn't be snow, but there was, and it was just, you know, magical to see and, uh, and, um, you make your way there. Um, there's a couple different entrances. We went directly, um, into the park. Um, and it was just cool to see walking through Hogsmeade, seeing all the different stores you've read about, but also saw in film and you're finally there being able to look in shop windows and, you know, pretend you've actually been transported, um, seeing, bunch of fans mostly children in their robes their wands mm-hmm. and the wands work if you direct it towards certain shop windows things will happen um well and there's several different wand shops i mean you know you've been there twice right yes i went first when i was 16 that was my 16th birthday present for my parents awesome shout out mom <laughs> and dad thank you best <laughs> gift ever <laughs> yes definitely best gift ever and we went there in September that year I believe because it was people were just starting to go back to school and everything and uh, since my brother and I were homeschooled we were able to go at that time so I agree with you it's so much different than the rest of Universal you go through that I think it's the pirate or Sinbad type area first yeah. and then the Dr. Seuss area is that what it is? Sinbad? Okay. That's what I think it is. I couldn't really figure out. I'm like, this is cool. What is it? I don't recognize it. I think it was like we ate at the Sinbad Cafe or something like that. So that's why that sticks out in my mind. Okay. But you go through there and you go through Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. And those are all cool. They definitely are. But they're much more cheesy or Mm -hmm. theme parky. Theme parky. Yeah. Yeah. And then I really think the way that they do Hogsmeade, where you go through that archway and you can't hear the music that's mm-hmm. playing until you go through that archway. And it really is like when you go from the Leaky Cauldron into Diagon Alley, you're transported mm-hmm. into this from the mundane, the human, the normal, the muggle world yes. into this magical place where everyone can be a witch or a wizard whether you thought you were or not Mm -hmm. and for me I will absolutely never forget that very first time I went in there and saw Hogwarts saw the Hogwarts Express and then the second time I went I expected that a little more but I was still blown away by it still loved it still saw things that I hadn't seen before granted it had been six five years later three four or five years later that Mm -hmm. I went back and then at that point they had made Diagon Alley and that's on the for those of you who haven't been to Universal Hogsmeade and Hogwarts is in 
what's called Islands of Adventure and Diagon Alley is located in actual Universal Studios. So they're the same thing, but you have like different tickets to get into them. When we went, I actually literally did not see where Hogwarts or where Diagon Alley was. We had a map, couldn't find it anywhere. My husband was with me and I was panicked. I was panic stricken. Where is, where is Diagon Alley? I have to see this. And he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, we need to go this way. And so I look and there's those facade of houses. And I realized this looks so familiar. Why does this look so familiar? And then I realized Grimmauld Place where they are at during Order of the Phoenix for the the black family uh, house. Mm -hmm. And you kind of go to one side and you see this opening and there's Diagon Alley. And again, I could have been 16 again, seeing that for the first time going in there and you look back behind you and it's tourists and, Mm -hmm. you know, games and things like that. And then you turn the other way and there's magic right in front of you. And the way that they did that, I think is probably one of the biggest reasons it feels so much different than every other spot in that park just the way like you said the way you can enter it and of course with now they've got the Hogwarts Express Mm -hmm. that'll take you from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade or vice versa that is just the most magical way I think to it is get there you wrote that we did it was a lot of fun it was it was just fun pretending it was actually going to Hogwarts and they've um Constructed in such a way where you see Harry and Hermione and Ron. So just like, you want to, you know, wave hello to them. Yes. But anyhow, it doesn't matter what age you are. It's still an amazing experience. I know. I I saw adults there with their kids and their kids were behind them because the parents were dragging them into right. a shop. Right. <laughs> and like you said, the kids are the ones that are wearing the robes normally. Mm-hmm. But almost every parent has some sort of Harry Potter shirt on. Okay. And awesome. at least when I was there. And it's just, you know, no matter what age you are, it's just, I mean, most people at this age are, grew up with it, at least from teenager to now or even younger. Right. So... Or most people that are going to places like that with their children, I right. should say. Yeah. Or by themselves, like my husband and I did, because we're Why giant not? nerds. <laughs> Why not? And, yeah, I, I really do think they they paid much more attention to detail in that side of the park. Not to say the rest is bad at all. It's great. It's but just different. It is. Like it's said, different. you can feel that. It's palpable when you walk through it. It's interesting. And I wonder how much, um, thinking out loud, how much... Um, magic you want to say the people who built it carried in their hearts just like the way the people who made the films and how much they wanted to be dedicated to um jk rowling's vision right and how much that really infuses the projects not to say that the rest of it wasn't built the same way but there's just something really specific about this specific series right like how many people this was their dream or their passion project that they finally got to bring it into the real world. I'm right, sure it was just a film. I'm sure it was so life. many people. Uh, I mean, even if you were an adult when it came out and just to think you get to touch some small piece of it, you want to make it perfect, I would right. think. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like I like to think of it that way. That makes it seem even more special. So, Katie, for those who haven't been able to make it to the Wizarding World yet, are there other ways that they can immerse themselves, aside from the actual books and movies, into the world of Harry Potter? For me, before I was able to go and trying to bide my time until I can go back, I really enjoyed a certain website called MuggleNet.com, or MuggleNet, yeah. And it was a really cool website. I'm not even sure if it's up anymore, but if it is, you should go and check it out. Um, it was huge for just anything Harry Potter news related. But the best site, in my opinion, now is Pottermore. It is J.K. Rowling's version of an encyclopedia, encyclopedia for Harry Potter. So I remember when she was first talking about writing an encyclopedia, and then she kind of dropped the bombshell that it was going to be an interactive website that would continuously get information added onto it. So if you go there, you actually create like an avatar. Okay. And you get sorted into a house. You get a wand. You pick a wand. You go through different trials. I wouldn't, I guess that's the best way to say it. You go to different areas of the books. You actually go through Hogwarts and you can learn new information about, I mean, characters that I honestly didn't even know existed. And now I like know their whole lineage, not off the top of my head, but it's amazing how much information she has about this world and all of it is on Pottermore. It's a really cool site. It's very interactive. It's very informative for people like us who are doing podcasts. And I wish more fandoms, especially ones with huge followings, had something like this because it, it seems one of a kind. Right. really does. And I think we've talked about it before. You've mentioned that um, the Fantastic Beasts series is based off of characters that were first introduced in Pottermore, or at least fleshed out more in Pottermore. Right, yeah. They had a, for, like, like people who deep dive into Harry Potter, there were um, a small Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book that was released, I believe, around uh, Chamber of Secrets or Prisoner of Azkaban, the book. And that is where you first meet Newt Scamander, which is the main character for from, from Fantastic Beasts. But on Pottermore, exactly, that's where he really comes to life and you actually learn more about him and his history and things like that and how he got where he is in the Fantastic Beasts series. And I believe there are multiple characters throughout that series that... I don't want to give it away for those who may not have seen it, but multiple characters who get some substance from okay. that versus just what you see in the movies, which I really thought was cool. That is interesting and a really unique concept. It's an ever-expanding world. I don't know how she does it. I don't either, and she has it all in her mind somehow, though. Somehow. It's a gift. It's a real gift. It really is. So I also realized as we've been talking um, in past conversations, you've mentioned, I think Harry Potter is also one of the first book series that um, we were really conscious of the whole uh, book to film adaption and, um, you know, that anticipation, the weight of wanting to see what you've read come to life on the screen. Right. Um, I know there are several children's movies that are based off books, but you weren't really aware of them. At least I wasn't like The Secret Garden or A Little Princess. So you right. didn't really have anything to compare it with. It was just the film. Right. And this is something we're going to be getting into with uh, as the series goes on, just how we felt about 
the films versus the books, like how well we thought they were adapted or what we wanted to see and didn't see or what we're hoping to see more of or just like how well they represented what we imagined as individuals because obviously we all picture things differently but sometimes you know you go into a film and you see exactly what it was you were picturing in your head as you were reading right it's rare but it happens I agree yeah I personally I don't think that I was conscious of any movie that had been a book first that I had seen I don't even think like the Winnie the Pooh movies I don't I don't think I probably connected the dots that they were the same thing uh-huh. between the book and the the movie and going back to um, the beginning when we were talking about the longevity of the series I think that how well they adapted the movies from the books really helped the longevity of it mm-hmm. for people who thought of most people probably thought of things in one way or similar way to each other and when they were brought to the screen that was accurate and I think Mm -hmm. that for me that helped me visualize what I had already seen okay yeah so I think that's another way to explain the longevity of this series in our next episode we're going to be comparing the first and second books to the first and second movies more in depth but we just kind of wanted to give you guys an overview of what's to follow in our next episode because this is just an introduction getting to know Mm -hmm. us and getting to know one of my personal favorite series and i'm sure one One of of your mine yes um but yeah this is just like she said an introduction showing you what we're doing what we're here for and we figured Harry Potter is one of the biggest series, so it was a good place to start, but we're going to be exploring a whole lot more, and we hope you join us on this journey.